hello, and welcome to the very first episode of the Architecture Podcast, where we discuss the design, economics, and financing of urban planning and architectural projects. Today we'll be discussing the differences between the Carl Miller Center and the Kramer Building at Portland State University and how Portland State University has helped shape the Portland skyline and its plans moving forward. So to begin our uh, conversation, I'd like to bring up to the audience um, the fact that the origins of downtown Portland are actually heralded from fairly recently. Uh, in 1888 in Old Town, the uh, Skidmore Fountain was actually built, and that basically uh, was the cornerstone for the origins of downtown Portland. And when you keep in mind the fact that by the 60s, uh, approximately, Portland State University was um, starting to uh, uh, buy up uh, downtown Portland, starting to shape downtown Portland within the coming decades, um, uh, then uh, we can go ahead and, and understand the scope of how much Portland State University has helped to shape the economics uh, and the development of downtown Portland specifically. But before we get uh, any further, I jump the gun. I'd like to introduce all of us. My name is Jacob. Uh, hey, I'm Zane. Uh, this is Felipe. And we are the Architecture Podcast. Yeah, party. Is that is that the right way to say it, Zane? Architecture. Architecture, yeah. yes. Yeah. All righty. Um, so before we jump into... Uh, you know, the, the benefits to uh, well-designed architecture uh, that we've seen from PSU, especially since the late 90s and early 2000s, um, uh, I'd like to go ahead and leave it to you guys, the architecture experts here, rather than the finance guy, to go ahead and maybe build on the differences between Carl Miller Center and Kramer Hall. Um, I, I think to talk about architecture, uh, we just don't I, the emphasis we want to place is that architecture is not just limited to interior spaces. A, a lot of the time when people think of architecture or talk about architecture, they talk about a lot of the fine details uh, that always get associated with a building. But the exterior spaces um, can create fun and exciting new places, um, both for student life and for um, administration that actually run the universities. And so that's something that um, we'll place an emphasis on, um, I'm sure, this episode and yeah. ongoing episodes to uh, to explore how PSU is 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 helping that that cause. Yeah, I mean, uh, PSU is definitely well, and Portland in general is a very pedestrian focused environment. Um, so I think the interaction with the street level is definitely a really important thing to take into consideration when you think about architecture in Portland and PSU in particular. Um, and I mean, it, regarding specifically Carl Miller Center, I mean, they have those large glass windows that look straight into the classrooms, which I don't know how you guys feel about them, but, um, <laughs> it's, I, it's neat from the outside being able to look in and see sort of the environment of education. But, um, I don't know if you guys have had any classes in one of those, <laughs> but they are, uh, there's there's some um, yeah they are yeah it's, it's it's hard to feel comfortable in there because it's it's like you constantly feel like you have eyes on you and and you do being a finance student you know a lot of my classes are housed in there and um, it's just like you said a lot of glass um, so especially this uh, class I have this term a personal finance class on the first floor yeah. of the building you know you're always seeing um, the city and other folks bustling by and in fact 
without the open design of the building, I feel like you'd really get lost in there. You know, they're kind of disconnected staircases. If you're not taking the elevator, you're going around all sorts of rooms and there's plenty of places to park and, and plug in and do your work on your laptop. And so I wonder if that was part of the, the design element, trying to kind of um, operate in a very professional area uh, while also seeing the hustle and bustle of PSU students and, you know, downtown Portland, the greater city. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, very open. I kind of wonder on that, though, if it is beneficial. Because, I mean, obviously, you're in there a lot. Mm -hmm. As you said, being able to see all these different places all at once does really help with circulation. Aesthetics, um, yeah. And aesthetics, yeah. But um, I almost wonder if that could just be limited to just the interior. Because, I mean, if you're walking outside of the building, you don't need to know where that classroom is, you know? Mm -hmm. Like, if you need to know where a classroom is, you're going to be inside the building. So... I don't know. It, it, it's cool to have those glass, the glass facade on the classrooms. Right. Um, and it's definitely a different environment. I just don't know if I personally like it. Uh -huh. um, Is that something, uh, since uh, I'm a student who hasn't had the pleasure of attending a yeah. class in the, in the building itself, uh, is that something that you could, you could measure uh, in terms of your happiness? Does, does that, does that, when you enter that building, does that make you more happier or does that have any tangible um, impact on your day or that class, I guess, per se? Yeah, I mean, uh, coming from that experience, I would say um, that, you know, there's there's plenty of natural light coming in. There's very fresh air. And um, and I, I do kind of go back to the idea of professionalism because I think that a lot of business and finance students, that might be where they see themselves in the future. And so... Um, I would say, yeah, there is a good level of happiness. It's definitely, you know, what with its two outdoor patios above ground and the one on the floor, the donut shop. I mean, it just really feels like a place that you can stay in, that you can work in. And, you know, especially when you compare it to some of the older buildings, or as we will here in a minute, the yeah. oldest building that, that PSU built, um, it really just feels like a place that you can stay in, live in, and work in a, a lot more. Yeah. yeah. I, I will say, like, just to contrast that a little bit, mm -hmm. I feel like... Whenever I've walked in there, it's not been like, oh, I'm in this great space. <laughs> like, I'm so happy now. Um, but I don't think it's taken away from my mood, okay. which is yeah. an important thing. Because there are buildings, like we'll talk about, that um, <laughs> definitely do feel like that. Like, you're, mm -hmm. it makes it feel like you're in a basement. Right. That, you know. A, a tight space that's all dark and you don't want to be in. It has personality. It, it yeah, gives, exactly, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Um, the building has personality, and I think that um, self imposes it on you in a sense yeah. that uh, um, if it could impact you or if it could alter your experience, mm -hmm. I, I think that's what they were after. Right. Um, by providing enough glass to be transparent inside and out, they're mm -hmm. they're demonstrating that um, education's at work. Mm -hmm. That the people inside want to be there. Um, and then vice versa, that you're able to have a, a scene um, outside that is moving and changing. Right. And that's something that you'll eventually be uh, put in the mix of. That, right. that you'll, you'll get as much knowledge as you can from the building. Yeah. And, and you'll be on the outside looking in and, and yeah. thinking the yeah. same thing that we're thinking of. How, how is it on the other uh, side of the fence in essence? Right, right, right. Yeah, certainly. Yeah. And I mean, you hardly even notice it sometimes in classrooms, you know, on the first floor. There's a huge window to the side. I notice it whenever I walk by on the outside, but you can really be allowed to focus. And uh, I'm sure that natural lighting probably plays a huge role in, in architectural oh, design. Sure. I don't know how yeah. you guys feel about it's that. It's like but. half of designing a building is uh -huh. just how do I get more natural light? Here? Sure. Um, besides all the, you know, making up stuff um 
Yeah, no, it, it natural light definitely is um, a very big contributor to the environment of the Carl Miller Center in particular. Um, but I wouldn't say that's the like only benefit that it has. Mm -hmm. You know, there there are still definitely um, many unique things that it has that not a lot of other buildings on the campus do have um, both interior and exterior. Like, I mean, I, I wouldn't quite call the exterior brutalist architecture, but it's, it's sort of leaning towards it and it's general gestures. Carl Miller. Yeah. Carl Miller. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. Just in that sort of blocky form, you know? Um, and I'm, obviously it's not brutalist, but you get where I'm going. Um, but <sighs> I think it could soften it. Uh, the The materiality of yeah. the wood, uh, yeah. the transparency of the glass, uh, it softens uh, the composition of the building. Right. And so that way it's more relatable from the human element. Uh, so that way when um, you're, you're trying to create this space, you're trying to create this scene, but if you create something that's really not uh, applicable for, for, right. for, for its use, then, right. then what is it for? I think actually to that point where I was kind of going with it is that like, even though it does have that sort of brutalist or I guess I should just say modernist idea, yeah. um, it still does feel very welcoming, um, which I don't see a lot in a lot of educational facilities and yeah, that's true. Um, buildings that are constructed with a modern standpoint. Um, but I think there's a value in both being welcoming, but also being that hierarchical figure that sort of stands out and raises itself above just, you know, random people meandering just from an educational sense. And I think that's a good kind of segue into what you'll see from our uh, podcast logo. We actually use the Carl yeah. Miller Center um, as part of our logo. And, and yeah. I hope that um, it comes across in, in uh, the same way that you just explained, uh, yeah. something that's relatable, something that um, uh, shows it's it's refined yet uh, something that could be welcoming. Yeah. Um, and I think that's something that we're we're trying to make this podcast about is is being able to relate architecture and and the ability to fund and finance right. <laughs> buildings yeah. right. um, in a way that's suitable for the students, for the faculty, and for the community members. Yeah, yeah. And also, absolutely. just it's important that um, everyone listening knows that we're just. Just better than everybody. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, you know, you should only basically listen to this, and that's yeah. all you'll really need. For sure. You know? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Again, the thumbs up. Propaganda machines work the best yeah, on radio, exactly. especially. And it looks like we're going to cut for a commercial break. So um, we had talked about Carl Miller Center quite a bit, but moving on to Kramer Hall, uh, let's draw some comparisons. Again, it is the oldest building built for PSU and actually was renamed its current namesake after the first president of PSU. So very different time and very different architectural style. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely obviously comparing the oldest building in PSU to the one that was most recently renovated, although there definitely are um, newer buildings being built. Um, I think I think the time really shows 
um, in the two different buildings. Um, and I I will say because I know we're probably gonna trash on Carl Mil- or sorry uh, Kramer quite a bit, but I will say before we trash on it that it does have some redeeming factors. Um, yeah. I walked by it just the other day and like there was no one around and I was just looking at it and just placing all the little details of it. Um, and it, there are little points of intrigue that are definitely interesting. That being said, yeah, there we go. There um, we go. <laughs> that being said, it is not great. Um, especially inside, um, especially compared to Carl Miller center. It feels kind of like a cave. I like the utilitarian aspect of it. it it's it's yeah. built for a purpose. It serves a purpose. And I think it does its job fairly well. It's it's built for students to get work done sure. to attend classes. Right. There are not too many uh, lecture halls in Carl Miller that I know of, or uh, uh, Kramer Hall that I know of. Um, but um, what it was built for, I think it's doing a good job of, of, of sustaining time. I mean, for being built in what 1955 1957 yeah. um without any major renovations or without some designer or architect coming in and totally putting on a new facade i mean it's it stood the test of time mm-hmm. uh, especially from a financial standpoint i mean you sure, haven't sure. had to reinvest yeah. <laughs> in, much, in yeah. a building like that yeah and i i guess with you guys that's that's a, a question that we might as well bring up is um, is Kramer Hall, you know, one of the best examples that PSU has of a, of a building that stands the test of time? Uh, because, you know, looking at it, especially from the history of Portland here, uh, there was a, a gentleman named George McMath. Um, he has a quote. Uh, it is, choice is what urban life is all about. And he was known in his career for um, basically renovating and keeping historical landmarks in the city, especially talking back to Old Town and, and places like that. And uh, from what I understand, his perspective was that there are obviously certain things worth preserving, but that really has to do with the educational and cultural value, heritage, and history that those landmarks have. So I don't know if you guys have any feelings about uh, that building and if it has, uh, Kramer Hall has any of, of the, that significance or if it's just served a good utilitarian purpose. Um, I, I guess to build on that, you'd have to start with the materiality. I mean, mm-hmm. the, its primary is, is brick and, and masonry, um, which is... Um, most often uh, used as, as a strong material, something that will endure the test of time. So, I mean, uh, the use of materiality in that particular building was was a good choice. It, it was probably uh, uh, prevalent during the 1950s. It was <laughs> it was cheap. It, uh, masonry labor was much cheaper in those days. Um, but it's really, it hasn't aged at all. I, I'm sure they do their normal upkeep, but mm-hmm. I, I think the the masonry it's it's heavy use of concrete i i know uh, zane mentioned um uh, brutalist architecture earlier which yeah. is just the the use of a lot of concrete a lot of steel a lot of glass that that's essentially what brutalism i, I think that's what you're getting at yeah earlier. and I, I when i really think about brutalism also it's not just in its materiality but it's also in its sort of simplicity and of its form um which i do see in both of those buildings, to be mm-hmm. honest, in Kramer and um, Carl Miller. Um, but w- on the topic of materiality um, and masonry in particular, um, the use of brick definitely was widely used. Um, but I think it's also important to note that it was basically 
the main structural material for educational spaces in particular. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, if I'm being honest, it has a very educational sort of presence to it, you know? Right. Mm-hmm. Especially um, here in Portland, you know, all yeah. the high schools. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. yeah. The weather, the terrain. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Right. The the fire around that time that burned yeah. down downtown Portland that might have played a role. Yeah. Um, certainly. Yeah. Um, and actually... <laughs> This is kind of a side note, but on the topic of brick and PSU buildings, Shattuck Hall, which is an old elementary school, um, it burned down three different times, three different buildings, and then they built this Shattuck Hall out of brick because brick was, quote unquote, a fireproof material. And I mean, so far it's worked, right? So, And I think to each building we've mentioned, the Carl Miller Center, uh, Kramer Hall, and, and, and now Shattuck Hall, I'm, I think uh, PSU's ability to create urban spaces and, and keep them interesting, yeah. I think that's been um, the bigger marvel here is that uh, PSU's ability to continue to create different buildings that all add a different uh, quality, a different aesthetic to a student's life and, and yeah. to downtown Portland as a whole. Um, I think the their ability to continue to expand in downtown, to not only build new buildings, but to be able to rehabilitate, to uh, um, restore and give a new life to those buildings that they've um, bought and expanded on. I, I think that's something that um, goes to PSU themselves, yeah. um, that somebody a department, a person, a director is is thinking about these things or, or has some type of globe that they're looking right. at. Yeah. I think that sort of brings up the question of, is it better to leave old buildings and, you know, potentially create new buildings in places where, you know, there is land that can be occupied that isn't as valuable? Um, or should buildings be continually renovated? I mean... Carl Miller was renovated, right? Mm-hmm. Um, just recently, uh, what's it called now? The new Newburger. Yep, um, Park Museum. Yeah, that yeah, was oh, just FMH. renovated. Yeah, yeah. Right. yeah. Um, and I mean, it's a great building. Yeah, you know the the renovations on it are pretty interesting, um, mm-hmm. especially the facade. But is that more important than keeping historical buildings or even just old buildings? as they are. Right. Right. And I think that ties into what purpose does it serve? You know, from an yeah. economics perspective, uh, we're just trying to allocate resources most efficiently. And uh, and that's one of the greatest impacts of a university, by the way, is it really um, helps to get people to specialize, which of course increases economic efficiency. And we can see plenty of studies that link um, having a university to economic growth and that they're almost always uh, worth the money that they cost. Um, but uh, yeah, it, it's a matter of, you know, maybe educationally, historically, is this worth keeping around? Should we have a park in this spot? Should we build a skyscraper or should we expand out? We might not have that option because still Portland is growing at a faster rate than any other city in Oregon. And it's obviously the largest. Right. So I don't know how you guys feel about that um, as far as what PSU has done to not just change, but really help build the the Portland skyline and what it's doing. Because, mm-hmm. I, you know, I was talking to my some members of my family earlier this week um, and, and about how they feel. I have some grandparents who grew up here and lived here for their whole lives. Um, and, you know, they're like, oh, it's great. They're always, you know, doing more projects, it seems to move out. But um, they, they almost wondered from an outside perspective, like, you know, 
would it be better to build up? You know, what what sort of urban landscape are you trying to build, especially in downtown Portland, not necessarily in the more uh, neighborhood regions of the city? Yeah, it's it's an interesting sort of discussion to have because there is definitely value to not having skyscrapers and keeping yeah. things fairly sparse. But the greenest city in the U.S. is New York City because it's so dense. Yeah. So, you know, building all these skyscrapers, yeah, it might you know, be taking away from that natural element, but it is technically greener than if it wasn't there. Um, it, it, I think Port, Portland is definitely a green city, but um, that density is definitely one thing that is still definitely being worked on. Yeah, trying to keep an eye out for it. But, you know, I think Portland State University is a good a good place as a, a higher education institution to kind of go ahead and lead the Portland skyline. You know, not 100% independently, yeah. but, I mean, 50 acres, I think it equates to the same number, 50 city blocks. You brought up at our meeting yesterday, 55 buildings. I mean, we have a massive presence in downtown Portland. And yeah. uh, I believe from 2008 to 2018, the Oregonian reported on this. We'll have a link below. Um, but... Uh, PSU was, was granted $25 million over that decade to go ahead and, and research and, and help kind of create sustainable architecture and have a sustainable impact on the yeah. city. So um, I think that that's certainly, you know, things like clean air and, and being able to see the sky and really fit into a city that um, has a, a large identity if you can pin it down in being just in the midst of tons of trees and nature yeah. and being very close to the beach and the mountains. So I, I, I do appreciate that. That seems to be a focus of Portland State. Yeah. And that's something you hit on earlier was uh, the economic weight. We, we talked about the density, the population density, and when we talked briefly about financials. Mm -hmm. But it's it's what is the economic weight of this new urbanism and this new skyline mm -hmm. and this new landscape? Uh, how do those quantify? How do we quantify those impacts on um, subsidiaries on kind of the ripple effect in transportation, in public events, whether it's music concerts or restaurants? Mm -hmm. It's that research is just so consuming mm -hmm. that without having some central focus or without being able to um, re, re kind of zone in on what's important to the people who are using it, mm -hmm. it that kind of research would get lost. And so I think that's something that's mm -hmm. really interesting to, to talk about and to discover more is, is how beneficial uh, is this research and how is that research then um, dovetailed into the new buildings designs or right. the way that it's configured. Right. Yeah. How much? How much importance? I guess does do the individual studies that those buildings are pertaining to? Um, how do, how much does that play a role into the actual architecture of the building? Um, yeah, that's that's something that I feel like doesn't really get considered a lot. Um, it sort of seems more like, oh, we have this free space and we need a larger geology department. Right. Just shove them in there. You know, they right. can figure it out. Um, but I think even with Carl Miller Center, mm -hmm. that building kind of feels like a business building. Like right. it feels like, you know, these Clean, you know, professional, yeah. you know, money people are there. And you got like <laughs> the little LED sign that you can see from outside that has the stock uh, points going by or whatever it is. I don't know. I'm not a financial person. Um, <laughs> but it it feels like a financial building, you right. know, whereas like Kramer, that doesn't it doesn't really feel like anything except for cube, a school building. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I, I, I think that could definitely play a larger part in architecture in PSU. And I think just in the city in general, mm -hmm. I mean, you know, there, there are buildings that definitely seem like they should be what they are, but 
then again, you know, there's that one building right next to where you live, right across the street, and you're like, oh, that looks like a nice building, and then you find out it's a prison or something, you know. Sure. <laughs> That's a little extreme, but you get my point. Um, yeah, no, intentionally designed architecture, just designed in general. I mean, we just see that it, it has such a positive impact on people's lives, their productivity, yeah. their graduation rates. Um, and if you want to read more on that below, I will have links uh, because of time constraints. But um, yeah. just asking you two guys from an architectural perspective, I wonder if you have any particular opinions about... Um, you know, what what we like to see the Portland skyline moving forward, you know, especially in the, the very dense urban areas. Because what I've noticed in our city is that we seem to have, to some extent, uh, a lot of architectural variants. You know, going around in different neighborhoods, uh, there might be a lot of homes of a similar size, but they seem to draw different influences from different, different types of architectural styles. So, you know, sometimes you'll get a new building that moves in that's a monstrosity and very modern. But I wonder if part of the architectural identity of Portland is to have that diversity. And, and also, I wonder how that ties into really um, if we're meeting all the needs of this this growing city, the biggest city in our state. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I I think it's really important that all these buildings have different, you know, styles and agendas, I guess. Because um, if they didn't, everything would be the same and it wouldn't, you know, look good at all. It would have no interest to it. But um, with this sort of you know, mismatched sprinkling of all these different kinds of buildings, it makes this wonderful sort of collage of architecture that is the city. Um, so, yeah, I, I think it's important that uh, we have all these different architecture, but I, I think it still has a lot of room to develop. Yeah, I'd agree. It's wonderful. We'll come back to that after this break. And we're back. So if you guys want to go ahead and continue, it looks like we're moving on from that. Yeah, I think we just wanted to build off of what we're talking about uh, or what Zane was talking about earlier was um, how PSU is creating or um, keeping in mind their space development and provisions of the experience of these buildings and, and how they interact with each other, mm -hmm. um, how they're, they create their own identity um, while still being part of the community. Um, let alone the University District of PSU itself, but the corresponding buildings that um, we live with, um, with the other people in downtown. I mean, right. uh, I'm sure they have their own opinions and they've had their experiences. Yeah. Uh, PSU in general is, is a fairly public um, university. You could mm -hmm. walk on mm -hmm. uh, campus and not really know it per se, right. um, but you may be standing in front of, um, uh, for that instance, at Kramer Hall. Uh, and and wonder, hey, this is a, a really good building, or I really like this space, and and, and kind of discover these spaces accidentally. Right. Um, um, but it's it's something that maybe they look at making more intentional, um, yeah. creating spaces that uh, attract people. Yeah, I think that's that's definitely, um, or it, it definitely is, or it definitely should be an important part of how a university thinks about constructing a building. Um, cause I mean, there are so many like college towns, you know, and if, you know, say I told you, you think of something in Corvallis, you yeah. think OSU, you know? Yeah. Um, but in a place like Portland, it's kind of hard to create that impact because it is such a dense city. So I think having something like architecture that can really set this campus as a high mark, even from a tourism standpoint in Portland, is a really important thing um, and could really, you know, help PSU and just Portland in general grow. 
Yeah. How do you how do you keep what you already have that culture that that experience that that uh, that essence yeah. and how do you build off of that? And I think um, um, from a financial standpoint, it's it's how do you maintain these buildings while being efficient while being uh, um, what is it the top top of the uh, uh, market or top of the industry? How do you mm-hmm. continue to use these um, uh, new building technologies while staying under budget? Right. While getting approved by the city, while appeasing every everybody and everything, yeah. it, it's it's super hard just to keep what you have, let alone build off of that. Yeah, yeah no, absolutely, and that that'll be something really fun for us to dive into moving forward in this podcast is really looking and, and analyzing it. You know how much when we're talking about spending, you know, to the tune of twenty million dollars, you know, or, or fifty-two million dollars yep. for all these these university buildings and remodels. Um, we really have to be mindful of the fact that it is bringing. Uh, the value back to the students and the PSU community as, as well as to the downtown uh, community. Um, coming from OSU and being here at PSU now, uh, you really uh, come to understand that universities, being as vast as they, they often are, have such a large impact um, on their communities. It's it's almost like a public space, like you guys have said, but without the tragedy of the commons. You know, we don't yeah. have just just some some random space that you know tons of people are welcome into. But there is an accountability aspect there that is so important in economics, oftentimes, um, to to go ahead and make sure that the places are managed well, that we are being sustainable, and that uh, there's clean air, there's there's fresh sky, there's not trash everywhere. You know, it's. It helps to be inclusive and just really a good place to live. You want a space yeah. to be run almost autonomously, to be so smooth and so efficient that it just runs runs on its own. Um, in some cases, that that's true. In other cases, it, it becomes apparent that uh, the financial side of it, the, the supporting side of it is lacking or that they're compensating in certain buildings. And I think that yeah. becomes noticeable over time. Yeah, for sure. Um I think there's one important thing that you said in there that I just briefly caught um, that you said, uh, keep what you have. Right. Um, and I think that's a really hard thing to do um, from that financial standpoint, but also just from sort of a, a social standpoint. Mm-hmm. Um, I hear people all the time saying like, oh, you know, Portland's the next San Francisco or yeah, LA Austin. or something like yeah. that. Yeah, exactly. Um but it's it's also it's you know obviously we're growing and that's what they're talking about. But it's also like, do we want to be the next L.A. or San Francisco or do we want to be Portland? You know, does right. does that sort of impact of all that growth and that financial development just building up the city? Does that take away sort of the character of the city? Yeah, right. And that's yeah. And that, I mean, that can even tie into economics, even even though it might not seem yeah. so at first. We talk a lot about. Um, preferences as far as motivating, uh, you know, people and and at least in our culture, you know, that going back to that tragedy of the commons, that's what holds people accountable oftentimes, at least right. in our Western way of thinking, right? That, that, you know, private property is such an important thing. I will take care of things that I can benefit from, but if I can't benefit from it, then I won't take care of it. Right. Um, and, and tying into that, uh, understanding and, and trying to, you know, it, obviously it's vast, but what are the preferences of us as a city? What does our culture prefer? Because, you know, if we want to just kind of follow the same tracks as some other cities and that's our identity, you know, I don't think there's as much of a problem with that as people um, necessarily want to make it to be. But uh, we definitely want to go ahead and make sure that we are building and maintaining and renovating our spaces to yeah. go ahead and, and be in line with those preferences for everybody yeah. who lives here. Yeah, I, I think on that point, we can kind of do both in a way, because, I mean, 
we can obviously develop and build new and keep expanding the city, but I think we can also um, keep what we have yeah, and keep it keep it going. You know, mm-hmm. keep those historic buildings. Keep right. even even Kramer. Keep Kramer. Like it's not a great building, but it's part of what we have. And mm-hmm. you know, I we shouldn't just pave over the old to make way for the new. We should pave over a little bit of the old to get yeah. some new in there. Right. But you know, keep that history with you. Keep and that that old old uh idea alive i think a way to kind of rephrase or repackage that would be to to say how do we keep grounded in a greater objective collectively right. how do we continue to uh, be unified and keep that continuity yeah. from whether the building is completely different comparing kramer hall to carl miller center whether they're completely different or they're very similar um, I'd almost refer back to uh, Science Building 1 in, yeah. in Kramer Hall that yeah. the essence of them are are the same. They have the same spirit that how do we continue to ground ourselves in what we could all share in, whether it's the same education that we're sharing. We're sharing the same Portland State University education, mm-hmm. sure. uh, whether it's the, the professors or the buildings. We're, we're kind yeah. of interlapping yeah. in that aspect, whether it's the food, the the food cart pods or the, the Smith Memorial, the cafeteria area, where no matter what your major is, you're, you're, you're going right. to go towards right. yeah. <laughs> where, uh, where the food's at or, yeah. or the livability that you want to be able to enjoy your experience in a place that you can enjoy. These South Park blocks are amazing. Uh, yeah. Just to have access to them, have be public, have the diverse uh, number of events. I yeah. think on Sunday during yep. our... our group meeting our team yep. meeting there was a a women's uh, a, a women's march uh, there women, was yep uh, so i think that's that's awesome to see awesome to be a part of um and have your day change on a minute by minute basis i, yeah. I think that's <laughs> elemental architecture at its essence to, right. to kind of change yeah. with the seasons I, yeah. I think that's awesome absolutely and it does you know um i think we've we've touched on the the fact that uh, we want our design for our city and for our university to fit the community that's here. But we also see that new designs like KMC, um, they're being marketed as being like the Louvre of Portland State University. I've read yeah. that multiple places. Um, and, and that really helps to draw in, you know, students and even just, just people who are traveling to Portland. Yeah. Uh, it's a landmark. It's a yeah. new landmark and it really brings in more people as our city continues to grow. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think, it, you know, it, it is really important that we sort of keep our buildings alive um, and both in the sense of creating new buildings that keep that idea alive mm-hmm. and um, our sort of prevalence alive, but also keeping those old buildings, you yeah. know. Uniqueness. Um, yeah, exactly. When I say I was going to Spain, um, I, I wouldn't just look at the new buildings, you know. I'd look at, you know, famous buildings from all of these different eras, you know? Right. So I, I, yeah, I, I guess I'm just reiterating. It's important to keep these older buildings alive, even if they may not seem as nice to us right now. And that's something I think we'll explore uh, through our guest speakers, through our additional topics of yeah. focusing on specific buildings is reaching out to these uh, organizations internally or externally about how these things are being considered, how are they being used, and how they can continually be improved upon. Um, because what was good for student life a couple years ago may not be good for student life moving forward. And sure. it's always 
good to keep your eye on the future financially and making sure that you're what is it in, in the black all the time you're, you're never in the red <laughs> from a financial standpoint sure, for sure. um and that you're you're providing an experience that is valuable that a student could say my my college experience was worth the ticket price yeah absolutely uh, so I, yeah. I think that's that's uh, yeah. something that we'll be discussing as we continue on these podcasts. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. I, I hate to keep going with this, but on that point, there's <laughs> sort of a risk to it. Yeah. Like, you know, it, it's good to keep, you know, updating stuff and making sure people are happy and everything like that. But yeah. like, you know, what if you do something and it just doesn't work out? Sense or of satisfaction, like, I guess, is what you're after. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Or like, what if you change this thing to like, you know, try and make it new and better and everyone's like, whoa, what did you do to that? Like, that was great. Why would you change that? You know? Yeah, it's like every Airport carpet, right? Every there. sitcom. Right, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> every sitcom we've, we've ever seen. Is, yeah. Why did you change the dynamic? It was working well. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, you know, I'm looking forward to our next sit down to talk about the sitcom. Yeah. Uh, it's been fun, guys. <laughs> um, but for all of us, our uh, viewers listening out there, our audience, uh, you've reached the end of our first episode of Architecture. Thank you so much for watching. This broadcast has been brought to you by KPSU and uh, uh, the blog for the PSU Vanguard. Uh, KPSU is Portland's college radio. Subscribe to our podcast on iTunes, Spotify, or listen live on kpsu.org to catch our next episode airing in about two weeks. And if you guys have any questions that you'd like to ask us, uh, just make sure to go over to our blog on the Vanguard website, and we'll be happy to answer some key ones. And again, I've been Jacob Armstrong. I've been Zane Ross. Uh, Felipe Flores. Have a good night.